Welcome back to Be Great With Nate, the podcast that trains you to master your mind, body, and emotions to help you take complete control of your life. I'm your host, your coach, Nate Ortiz. I'm enthusiastic about teaching you how to manage your health and mindset while you pursue your goals in life. My goal is to clear your confusion regarding the body, mind, and life itself. If you want to learn how to become the best version of yourself, then you're going to want to stick around. Five steps to losing your first 20 pounds. Welcome back to Be Great With Nate. I can't wait to go through this simple, simple simple, simple five steps with you to help you lose your first 20 pounds. When it comes down to losing weight and going to the gym, some people, especially in the fitness industry, make it very complicated. It shouldn't be that extreme the way they try to make it. Okay, going on an extreme diet, joining those extreme classes at five in the morning, going on the extreme supplementations. My goal is to make this job easy for you. Anytime I get a client that needs to lose weight, that probably has about 30 to 40 pounds to lose or even more. I give them the same first five steps that I'm about to give you. And if you follow these five steps, I'm telling you right now you're going to get results. I haven't had one person who came to me trying to lose their first 20 pounds plus without actually accomplishing that, okay? Everybody who came to me with that goal accomplished it. We kept it simple. So I want you to do is pay attention in today's podcast. Everything I'm gonna hit you with are all facts. I'm gonna back it up with some references after the podcast. You can go check it out if it's something that, you know, look into a little more to get an understanding of. Okay, so the first step we're gonna do is at the end of the day, we're trying to keep facts versus fiction. I always like to do this with my clients. What's a fact and what's a non-fact? My goal is to teach you on how to stick with the facts. And the first thing is the fact of the matter is, yes, you need to know how much food you're taking in, but we do things a little different. Even though we do track on how much food we have coming in, we go a little deeper on that. I want you to understand what foods work for you, what foods don't work for you, so we can avoid those foods that make you tired, give you digestive issues, and end up getting in the way of our journey. So the first thing I want you to do is I want you to download the app Lose It. Lose It, like you want to lose the weight, lose it. When you download the app Lose It, you're going to put your height, you're going to put your weight, you're going to put your age, and you're going to put your goal. So from the information that you put in, it's automatically going to rearrange the amount of calories you should be hitting a day and then it's also going to give you a goal so say if you say you want to lose 20 pounds it's going to say okay it may take you 10 weeks depending on how much weight you lose a week okay so let me just start this off the rip the first week you're going to lose about three to five pounds so probably more all right but i see roughly around three to five pounds i just want to let you know that that three to five pounds is going to be a lot of water weight with it a lot of toxins a lot of junk is going to come out the body so please don't expect that every week remember we want to stick to the facts because if you don't lose five pounds a week and then you think that you're doing something wrong, it can cause us to go crazy, right? You're going to end up saying, you know what? This diet thing doesn't work. I'm going to go eat that pizza I always want to eat since I'm not losing five pounds. And I see that a lot. We don't want that. So the first thing we want to do when we download the app, lose it. Now there's other apps like my fitness pal. The reason why I go to lose it is because I work with clients from anywhere from 25 to 50 years old. And I see that that app works for both groups. Okay. With the younger and the older. So it's just an app that I have people use. When you go to that app, just know that's going to ask you your weight and your height, but it's also going to ask you your goal. Depending on your goal, that's going to make the difference on how much energy you're going to put in the body. Look, I want you to look at body fat differently. Body fat is really essentially just stored energy. It's like when you run out of cash, your body, you have to go 
to the bank and get more cash. When your body runs out of energy, your body has to go to the bank, your body fat cell for more energy. So if we continue to overload and continue to overeat the amount of energy that we put into the body, then we would never get into those fat stores. We're just going to increase weight gain like that. So there's a lot of people, facts versus fiction. There's a lot of people who go extreme one way and, and cut out a whole macronutrient, like take out protein or take out the whole carbohydrate or take out the whole fat. And what it will do is it'll get that 15, 20 pounds off because you're, you're eliminating a whole macronutrient. So the chances of you not eating the amount of calories your body needs or the amount of energy your body needs, it's going to be there. But these people usually hit a nasty plateau and then you want to balance diet. So I'm going to be bringing you through that next. Okay. So the first thing we want to do is track our food every day, make it a habit. As soon as you're about to go eat, put it in the phone. And I know a lot of you may be traumatized by it. And those that are traumatized by it, because you tried this before and it was too much for you. If that's the case, what I want you to do, I want all of you to do regardless is also take a notebook with you. Number one is all about tracking, not just tracking your calories or your energy you take in tracking. So get a notebook. I usually have my clients get a journal, get a journal. And on top left of the journal, start off every morning and put your weight there. And then throughout the day, leave, leave the first couple slots on the left top part of the paper for your energy, your weight, your bowel movements, and your mood. Okay. So let's just say today you woke up, you noticed you had more energy in your sleep. And I want you to rate most of the things outside of your bowel movement from a scale of one to 10, 10 being great, one being bad. So for an example, sleep last night, for me, I'll give it an eight eight out of 10. So then what was your sleep last night? You put it on the top left piece of paper. The reason why is because we're going to start seeing a correlation. For an example, you're going to notice if you may be someone when you eat too many carbohydrates before bed, your sleep is very bad at night. You have hypoglycemia at nighttime. Therefore, increasing your cortisol levels, which then can wake you up from anywhere from one to four in the morning and having issues falling back to sleep or getting up throughout the night and peeing a lot. I want you to write all that down. I want you to track every little reaction your body gives you. I'm telling you, if you do this, then you'll notice what diet works for you, what diet doesn't work for you. And you don't have to go to the internet to go find a diet guru. All right. You become your own guru for yourself. And that's what we want. You're going to track your food and then you're going to track your energy. And you're going to track your bowel movements. Now, I'll just give you a little bit on the bowels. I'm going to be making a podcast on it. So be on the lookout. We want consistent bowel movements, at least 12 inches. Okay. 12 inches that are brown. Sometimes when you go there, the 12 inch bowel movement can cut in half. Okay. Give me six and six. If you're experiencing anything else outside of that, you'll notice Maybe one day when you don't have a certain food or you don't have a bad bowel, you have a good bowel. But as soon as you throw that particular food back in, you get nasty bowel, nasty gas, foul smelling bowel, etc. So track all of it. So the first thing I want you to do is stay consistent on tracking. I can't tell you how many times I had a client start tracking and they were blown away when they found out how many calories is in peanut butter. If you're someone that looks at a piece of bread and gains weight, you may have something called metabolic syndrome, which is a hormonal imbalance. If that is you, you were like me. The first thing that I want you to do for homework for the next seven days is I don't want you going over 100 grams of carbs. That's still enough grams of carbs. Now, I forgot her name. There's a doctor who did a nice TED talk about two, three years ago who explained that some people, you, I'm not calling you a diabetic, but people who have blood sugar issues, as soon as they go over a certain amount of grams of carbs, they won't lose weight. They'll have all the symptoms as a diabetic, et cetera. But as soon as you keep them below a certain mark of carbohydrates, they don't have these issues. So I'm going to put that down in the description. You'll find that it's going to be really, really, really good. I'm telling you right now, 
All my clients that have PCOS, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, pre-diabetes, anything that's a metabolic syndrome, I do this with them. We don't go over 100 grams of carbs. Now, a real strict ketogenic diet is 30 grams of carbs under. So this is not a ketogenic diet. This is a low-carb diet. Don't go over 100 grams of carbs, all right? Number two, the second thing, the second step to losing your first 20 pounds is making sure you increase or you keep up your protein. Most people, according to Dr. Ted Neiman, the average American right now is getting 14% of their calories from protein. That is low. What he shows is as soon as you get them up to a minimum of 25% of their calories from protein, they're a lot more satisfied and they do not overeat. And they do a whole bunch of different research studies giving examples for that. Now, for those that don't know, that is not like a crazy amount of protein. In the bodybuilding community or the athletic community, me being an ex-Division One football player, we're eating 40 to 45% of our calories from protein, which can be very high. But we have a high demand because we are very catabolic as far as breaking down muscle tissue versus general population. So 25 grams of protein. Most people are not eating enough protein protein. Protein keeps you very satisfied, extremely satisfied. As soon as we increase protein in a client's diet, they notice that they're no longer having those cravings. One of the things that Dr. Ted Neiman speaks about in his work is that anytime someone is not getting enough pr protein in their diet, what they'll do is they'll continue to snack and they'll crave food to get one gram of protein from the chips, one gram of protein from some chocolate, one gram of protein from, you know, a whole bunch of different resources and snacks until the body hits its point of protein that is needed and met. So that's why a lot of you, when you eat, you continue to eat, 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 you crave, 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 because you're not getting enough protein in. Okay. That's one of the main reasons. So I'll put that down in the description below as well. Dr. Ted Neiman's work. So you can check that out if that's something you find interesting. Step number three to losing your first 20 pounds is going to be increasing your fiber and not just any type of fiber. I'm going straight for your soluble fiber first. Most people that I work with have some type of digestive issues or dysbiosis. Dysbiosis mean more bad bugs in the stomach or in the gut than good. And bad bugs, they like to the junk food. They, you know, fungal infections, for an example. They love for you to go eat extra sugar at nighttime, right before bed. They create skin issues, digestive issues, joint aching and popping, a, a whole bunch of issues that I would make a, another podcast about. What we want to do is we want to feed those good bugs. So of course, we want to repopulate those good bugs with some probiotics. But we really want to be able to feed those good bugs as well. And soluble fiber is what feeds the good bugs. They're known to be prebiotics. They feed the good bacteria in your, in your microbiome. If you're having issues of bloating because every time you eat fiber, you can't digest the fiber very well. Well, it's because you probably don't have enough good microbiome or good bugs. So you want to look into a good probiotic. One that I usually have clients look into is something called a human grade probiotic. It's usually in the refrigerated area of your health store. So you want to increase that fiber. If you're someone who has gut issues when it comes down to that, I'm going to give you a reference. But the importance of increasing fiber helps you stay satisfied, increase fullness. It makes you feel satisfied. So usually when you increase increase fiber and you increase protein together, usually this person can stick to a normal, or not a normal, but this person can stick to a diet without cravings, a diet that gives them energy, a diet that gives them good health in a mo and for the most part. Okay. So if you are having issues with fiber and you're finding yourself with digestive issues, irritable bowel syndrome, inflammatory bowel disease, a fungal infection, SIBO, et cetera, there's a, a great reference I usually give my clients that I'll give you here as well. And he shows replacing his good bugs in his stomach and feeding his bugs prebiotics. Good fiber, like I just told you. His name is Kenny Holmes. 
I'll put him in the description. He had colitis to the point where he was hospitalized many times. And what he did is he did his research and he did the research studies that we had to study in college that I have to study to this day. And what he found out is that most irritable bowel syndrome inflammatory bowel disease, a leaky gut, issues with gut health are usually due to dysbiosis. So what he did is he reversed his diet to increase the probiotics and increase the prebiotics, the fiber to recolonize his gut. And he fully reversed his colitis. And he has the before and after pictures of his results. And he ended up becoming, I believe, a registered dietitian with a specialty in gut health which is amazing. He, he was very inspired to go back to school after doing this and getting thousands of questions on the internet. So I'll, I'll put his work down below for you as well. Step number four to the five steps to losing your first 20 pounds is drinking more and enough water. A lot of clients or people just don't drink enough water. We like all these beverages, all these special drinks, carbonated water or, you know, uh, Gatorades and Powerades and things of that nature. No, we need some good, clean water. What do I mean by some good, clean water? Well, if you're drinking tap water, I don't want to dig way too deep into that, but the chances of you having one or two issues there are going to be possible. Okay. Number one, if you get your water tested, there's most likely some type of imbalance in your water due to too much chloride or some type of heavy metal that may show up. Okay. I forgot the name of the test that I used to do back in New York with clients, but it's a specific test that you can get people to come to your house that I think work for the state or there's just a, a private company. Actually, there's people that have a private company that will come to your house and test your water and tell you what your water is missing as far as the minerals and then tell you what it's overloaded with. If it is overloaded with any type of heavy metal. Now, the reason why I mentioned two of those is because to stay fully and appropriately hydrated, we need to make sure there's enough minerals. You're drinking water with no minerals in it, then what happens is the body just pees it out, right? But in some neighborhoods and cities, their tap water has some type of imbalance. So we just need to be very aware of that. Another thing is if you look up the effects that chlorine can have on the microbiome and your gut health, that is very possible. Now, if you go to Kenny Holmes' video, he mentions the same thing. He actually putting a, a full, complete different water system connected to his house. And he found a huge benefit of that with his colitis. Now, the reason why I'm telling you this is because I didn't do research on this in about like two years. But when I did have to do the research, Google is a very tricky place. Google will show you everything that says that it, no, this is not an issue, right? As if it's trying to hide something. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm just saying it, it doesn't make sense that it's hard to find honest research. So I just want you to be a simple thinker. Okay. Let's just be simple. Okay. Chlorine, drinking chlorine. How can we get rid of any pathogen in our water filtration? Think about that. How do we get, and it's a beautiful thing. I'm very grateful for it. How do we get rid of pathogens in our water system that comes out of our sink? Number two, what do we usually smell in that water? I, I don't know about you, but I smell a lot of chlorine. Maybe it's different for you. Okay. So take the first step and then think about the second step. And then now the third thing, do you think that's going to have any effect on your bugs in your belly? And if you say no, then keep drinking your tap water. If you like, well, you know what? I notice only when I drink tap water, I get bloated. But when I drink regular spring water, I don't, whatever, whatever your story is, I'm not going to make any assumptions. I'm not making any judgments. I just want you to have an open mind. When you when be great with Nate, this podcast has an open mind. Facts versus fiction. Is it working for you? If it is, okay, keep going. If it's not working for you, let's think about it. Let's break it down. Let's see what the what another solution may be. Okay. So drink more water. And um, when I was broke, when I graduated college, I drank tap water my entire life. It was normal. Okay. When I got out of college, we got a Brita. That was the first step that I took. Okay. 
And then after getting a Brita, come to LA, I started going to this one water store. Now, when I was going to this one water store to fill up five gallons of water, I started having weird heart issues. Yes. So I'm not just a guy that's going against tap water. I'm a guy that's just facts versus fiction. When I started drinking this water from this water store, I started to have heart issues. So I went to the water store and I say, hey, look, I, I'm having some type of mineral imbalance from your water. And the lady that was working there, she didn't really know anything like that. Like she just knew the difference between alkaline water, spring water, et cetera. But I told her, whatever you are doing or your company is doing, you're getting the calcium and potassium. Something's going wrong with these minerals in the water. And I just wanted to give you that a warning. I'm not going to buy from you right now because I had weird heart pain for the last two weeks. So I like to invest my money into the best water and the best food. So I get my water from Mountain Valley Spring Water. You can find those glass jars at Whole Foods. That's why I usually pack up on them. But we're going to do a subscription here at the house for like six to seven, three gallon ones. Because I, I do have a gym here where my clients can drink from that as well. So just water, just drink more water. So now you're going to take your weight divided by two. And that's a good range of the amount of ounces you should be aiming for. So if you're 200 pounds, divide that by two, you got 100 ounces. So you should be aiming for around 100 ounces of water. Now, if you're on any type of medication, any type of stimulant, like a Vyvanse, an Adderall, any type of stimulant, or you're drinking a lot of coffee, you may need a little more water than that recommendation because you're going to put yourself in a position you are going to dehydrate yourself or these things can act as if they're a diuretic. Now, I'm going to give you a nice bonus one on this one. You ready? If you do have one of those stimulants or... If you do have blood sugar issues where you're peeing a lot, you're having what I spoke about with the first step when you, you're someone who eats a little too much carbs, I want you to look into potassium. I can't tell you how many clients struggle with potassium, with prediabetes, PCOS, clients that are on Vyvanse or any type of stimulant, clients that drink a lot of coffee. Usually they are dehydrated and what happens is it's easy to get salt on our diet with our food, but it's pretty challenging to get enough potassium in. So there's a couple things you can do. I always have clients keep bananas by them or bananas in the house, okay? So if you're feeling tired, if you're feeling sluggish, if you're feeling, you know, lack of energy, if you're feeling a dizzy, these can be symptoms of a, a potassium deficiency. So what you can do is you can Google potassium deficiency in human beings. Now, the reason why you have to put in human beings because as soon as you put potassium deficiency in Google, you're going to see a whole bunch of stuff about plant, plant a potassium deficiency. So we don't, we don't, you know, we don't want that for us right now. We want to be able to look up for human beings. Okay. And then the last tip is my favorite one of all. Okay. So we have our tracking. We have our protein increase. We increased our fiber. The best fiber to increase, by the way, can be bananas, avocado, blueberries. Those are my favorite prebiotics and soluble fiber, and they're easy to add into the diet. Remember, we want this to be simple, simple. It has to be simple. And then we increase the water. And then the last one is this. Remember when I told you that fitness can be a little extreme for people who are first starting off getting into fitness, they immediately think they have to take these classes and go to the gym and lift extremely heavy, etc. What I find is that most people that do gain weight, there's a couple of root causes. And there's about two, I'm going to give you two main reasons why I see people gain weight. Now there's well, probably like three to five that I see, but the first two that I attack immediately, number one is hormones. When a person is extremely stressed, you increase cortisol. Cortisol and adrenaline make have your body release something called glutocorticoid, which is your body producing its own blood sugar. When your body produces its own glutocorticoid, you're going to have issues with your blood sugar because your blood sugar is going to eventually drop from that spike, which therefore glutocorticoid does come into the bloodstream. Your body has to increase insulin. So now you have insulin 
adrenaline, cortisol. They all work together. So the more stressed you are, the more blood sugar issues you have. Usually, the more blood sugar issues you have, the more you crave what? blood sugar, sugar. And then you start the fire all over again, which then makes you tired, which then makes you crave coffee or more tea or stimulants like soda and chocolate. And you're on this roller coaster. It's almost impossible for this person not to overeat. It's almost impossible. So the first thing we do, if you're too stressed, you should not be going to the gym doing strength training. You should not go to the gym doing CrossFit. You should not be going to the gym doing Orange Theory or F45 or anything that exhausts the body. Why? Because when the body's too stressed, your sympathetic system is too turned on. Sympathetic dominance will cause digestive issues because stress turns off your digestion. It would also make you go into fight or flight even more. And then it would make you tap into that reptilian brain that cares about safety, security, money, and then substance, which means now you're going to be stressing about money. Now you're going to be stressing about work. Now you're going to be stressing about safety. And then when those are met, usually it's by the time you get home and you're done with work, you're done with everything. Now the body is going to indulge on substance, weed, alcohol, junk food, etc. We don't want to go extreme. Number two, when a person doesn't have a dream or a reason for themselves to want to change, they'll never change. Those are the top two reasons. So step number five, I want you to do something I call the inspirational walk. The inspirational walk is this. You're going to find your favorite neighborhood or your favorite park in your county. You may live in your favorite neighborhood already, but you're going to go to your favorite neighborhood or your favorite park in your county. Remember I said county, okay? And every day for 45 to 60 minutes, you're going to go on a walk. Yeah, you heard me. A walk. But there's rules to this walk. When you go on this walk, no negative people are allowed to go on this walk with us. Zero. No, sir. Can't come on this walk. Sorry. Number two, when you go on this walk, you're going to listen to something that's inspiring. And how do we listen to something that's inspiring? I want you to find somebody who's doing something you dream of doing. And I want you to find if they have a podcast, an audible book. I want to go to YouTube and see if they've been interviewed on anybody else's podcast or anybody's TV show. And I want you to listen to this person, listen to their story, learn from these people. And I want you, as you're walking, to imagine yourself taking the steps that they took and imagine you being that person, okay? Another thing I want you to do on that walk is understand when you're on that walk, we have three bodies or we have three things that we can feed in our life. Number one, we have the mental. The mental body, we can feed the mental body with inspiration, with information, with learning. Then we have the second one, we have the emotional body. We feed the emotional body with emotions, love, expression. And the third one, we have the physical body, which we feed with energy food. The problem is, is a lot of you are not feeding mental body or you're overdoing the mental body with too much information and not enough emotional work feeding the body with enough emotions. So you may find yourself trying to eat food to try to feed not only your physical, but your emotional body. So when we do our inspirational walk, what happens to emotions when you don't express? You depress your emotions, which then get caught up in a neurological system, which cause tight muscles, a, a jaw the way you lock down all the time, not breathing deep, become tense, which then brings the body even under more stress. Okay. So when you walk, not only are you expressing now and you're now expressing emotions, energy, emotion, you're also feeding the mental mind. So for those that have a problem with overeating at night, I would advise you to do this at the end of your day. Not at nighttime so much, again, if you want, but let's just say you get done with work around three. Say you go around like 435 and, and enjoy that walk, okay? It's gonna help you a lot. Now, another thing it's gonna do is gonna increase what? The amount of energy you burn. And 
Like I said, you can get two to 300 calories out of that little walk of yours. 200 to 300 calories is great. Plus the caloric deficit you're going to be in is great. Now you're not overwhelming the sympathetic system with being too stressed. Now you're controlling your hormones. Now you're having enough fiber. Now you're satisfied from fiber and protein. Now you're properly hydrated because when people are not drinking enough water, they usually crave more food and eat more food to try to pull out the water out of their own food. Now we don't have any of that. We don't have none of that. Now what we truly have is we're able to stay consistent. Facts versus fiction. If you ain't losing weight, you ain't something ain't right. Are you tracking correctly? Oh yeah, Nate, I'm tracking correctly, but I notice I'm still hungry. Are you getting enough protein? Oh no, I forgot. Or are you getting enough water or fiber? You got this game plan forever now, for the especially for the first 20. The reason why I say for the first 20 is because you need to make a habit, okay? So I want you to do is I want you to aim for three days to do this. Don't think about, oh my God, I got to do this for three months. No, do it for three days. Accomplish it, three consistent days. As soon as you do that, pat yourself on the back and say, yes, I did it. Then I want you to do it for three weeks. After you do it for three weeks, pat yourself on the back and say, oh my God, I'm a, I'm a beast. Then the third one I want you to do is aim for three months. Now, three days gets the momentum going. Three weeks gets it to be a habit, but three months you become it. So you follow this list. If something's not going right with your weight loss, follow this list. Now, don't be discouraged if your weight fluctuates. It's going to fluctuate. It's going to. So if you want to keep consistent facts with your weight, track your weight every day in that journal that I told you, right? And then after seven days, add those weights up and then divide it by seven and you're going to get your average weight. So as long as we're losing anywhere from a half a pound to two pounds, we're, we are good. And let me finish off by saying this. A pound of fat is a lot of weight. People go on the internet and be like, yeah, I lost five pounds in three days. No, sweetheart, you didn't. You lost some water weight with it. I'm talking about body fat. Like Google five pounds of body fat when I'm done with this podcast. Go look at five pounds of body fat. It's a lot of fat. It is a lot of fat. Now, there's a difference between losing fat and losing muscle, water, and fat. We don't want to lose muscle. So after we get done with the 20 pounds and we get that momentum going, then we get you to do things properly in the gym. And I'll bring you a podcast on that, on what to do in the gym. Because if you avoid losing muscle while losing weight, you can stay nice and lean when you lose the weight. You ever see someone lose weight and they look worse? I hate that slim. I hate when people used to call me slim. I'm like, bro, 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 bro. That's the wrong definition. I'm lean, baby. When I lost my weight, people are like, oh, Nate, you got slim. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because a person that got slim usually is just, a slimmer version of what they look like with all the weight on their body. We want to get lean. So when we lose the weight, we want to build or keep muscle while the, the fat comes off the muscle so we can look strong, so we look lean and healthy, okay? We'll be going through a podcast on that as well. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you for listening. And remember, go in the show description to find the references that I gave you in this podcast. Peace. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope the show gave you valuable information. If you did, take a screenshot, post it on social media, like your Instagram story or someone your social and tag me. I will definitely get back to you. I really appreciate the love. Or you can easily just leave a rating or a review if you have the time. You don't understand how much the those little things right there help me push this show to get more people like you to listen. If you want more Be Great With Nate, you can head over to BeGreatWithNate.com and I'll meet you there. Until next time, peace.